Hi, welcome to the Parkinson Vitality Project podcast, a place for open and honest discussion about how to intentionally live, move, and thrive with Parkinson's disease. I'm your host, Anne Gould, owner of Envision Physical Therapy and Wellness, where I specialize in helping people with Parkinson's live their fullest lives. Let's dive into today's episode. This week on the Parkinson's Vitality Project podcast, I finish my talk with Katie Molson talking about pain and the ways that people with Parkinson's can manage it. Katie has been a physical therapist since graduating from Simmons College in 2011, working in outpatient settings primarily focused in orthopedics. She believes in the power of education and is committed to lifelong learning. She completed a 200-hour yoga teacher training in 2012 and became a board-certified orthopedic clinical specialist in 2018. She is currently pursuing a therapeutic pain specialist certification through Evidence in Motion in partnership with Purdue University. She started her practice, Catherine Mollison Physical Therapy, out of her passion for educating clients on strategies to help them overcome their persistent pain and live their lives to the fullest. She believes in providing her clients with the support that meets them where they are both literally through mobile and telehealth services and figuratively by listening to her clients' stories and helping them follow the path to feeling better through a holistic approach. I hope you enjoy today's episode. So why should someone see a physical therapist when they're in pain? Because it just, you know, I think everyone thinks, oh, I'm in pain. I need to go see the doctor. I need to go have an x-ray, an MRI, you know, whatever. Why, you know, why should they move? Because I think the natural inclination is when you're in pain, you should stop moving. And the problem, especially for people with Parkinson's, is once you stop moving, then everything tends to progress, and then you have more trouble moving. So you stop moving more, have more trouble moving, and it's kind of like you're talking about that spiral that then mm-hmm. we have to start to reverse. Yeah. Um, so, in my completely biased opinion, physical therapists <laughs> are invaluable in helping people manage pain. I um, agree with you. Totally biased. So we've talked about kind of all of the factors that can contribute to pain that aren't just the like biomechanical, the muscle got pulled or the joint is inflamed kind of things. And a, a physical therapist, we, we have the ability to kind of step back and look at the whole holistic view, looking at everything going on in your life and, um, kind of figuring out the best plan for taking control of your pain. Because for some people it is going to be more movement for other people. It is saying, you know what, let's, let's get you to a specialist who can take a look at this for other people. It's, you know, you have all these stressors in your life. We got to figure out some stress management strategies or ways you can um, make some changes in your life or things like that. Um, And we just, having that time with patients to look at all of those things, um, I think is where a physical therapist can become very useful in this setting. Um, people are definitely worried about hurting themselves more through movement, which, which makes sense. Mm -hmm. I think an important thing to remember is that you're not running a marathon or even walking all the way to your mailbox. Like we're not setting, you have to do X, Y, or Z. Sometimes people yes. worry they'll go to physical therapy and be told you have to do this, this, and this, and their opinions won't be considered. Or you'll never get better. That, yes. And that's like, they get this thing. Like if I don't do exactly what they say, I'm going to do it even if it hurts because this is what's going to get me better. And I've always said to people, you know, I don't live in your brain. Like mm-hmm. I've lived with your body, maybe 30 minutes, an hour, whatever. You've lived with your body for years 
So unless you tell me what's going on inside, I don't know. So if an exercise doesn't work, there's no be all end all exercises. There just aren't. I can make modifications, but I need to know that I need to make them. Yeah. Yeah. So as, as PTs, we can guide through a program that is tailored to the situation that any one individual is in. So, I mean, I've had patients where, you know, they have a hard time walking to to the mailbox. They have a really long driveway. Mm -hmm. And I've said, go out a quarter of the way to your mailbox and then go back inside. And that's, that's part of their home exercise program. So Mm -hmm. sometimes people worry it's, it's going to be like 700 painful exercises, but sometimes it, it really is just starting, starting where you are, starting where you need to, you know, what your body is capable of at that time. And I always, I use the marathon example with people too. I'm like a marathon runner doesn't go out day one and run a marathon. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you start small and you build up. So if mailbox, let's say is your goal, you're not like, that's your marathon. You know, we're not starting with that. That's the end goal. Yeah. So we got to break it up. Um, and the, the concept of whether it's okay to have pain with movement is not a clear cut answer necessarily. Um, the phrase no pain, no gain is basically never applicable. (laughs) Um, that is more of, you know, I think it stems from more athletics. So yeah, when you're, you're playing collegiate, you know, soccer or something like, yeah, you're going to be tired and sore and, and all of that. Um, but carry over into physical therapy, especially people with persistent pain, people with Parkinson's, like your, your body is already going through so much and doing exercise that is like running you into the ground is just going to tax your nervous system more. And in the end, set you up for, for feeling worse. Um, at the same time, if we never do activities that make us hurt, we'll actually become more sensitive to pain and more limited in activities. So the research shows we need to kind of like tease or nudge the pain. So we want to get to the point where we, we maybe are about to feel the pain. Like we know, um, just to keep going with the mailbox example, because it's yeah. cut. like if we know when we go um, halfway down the driveway and then back to the house, we start to feel the pain we're going to go like just shy of halfway. So we're going to get mm-hmm. to the point right before. And then the next day we're maybe going to go just beyond halfway. So we're, we're going to go to that point where, yeah, we felt the pain, but we didn't push things to an extreme. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, that's, if you have that constant pain, you're likely still going to have some pain while you're moving. So if you have pain from the minute you wake up in the morning to the minute you go to bed at night, you're not going to have zero pain with activity. But if your pain's a three, we don't want it to be a seven when you're doing right. activity. And that's yeah. something, again, we're you know, working with a physical therapist, working with somebody who's going to help you figure out what the right amount is. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's important for people to know that it's not it's not no pain, no gain. Right. (laughs) And as you said, it's, it's important to advocate for yourself as a patient. If something is not working for you, even though you're, you're working with an expert in a field, you are the expert in what you're feeling. And it's important to speak up and advocate for yourself. And that's okay to do. A lot of people don't think they can, and that's okay to advocate for yourself. And if a provider is not happy with you advocating for yourself, in my opinion, 
Yeah. Maybe it's time to find a new provider. New provider. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And I think the other thing too, I say to people like, if I have you stretching, you should be somewhat like you should feel a mild discomfort in your stretching. It shouldn't be pain, but you should feel a stretching, a pulling, a discomfort that should go away when you come out of the stretch. When you're doing strengthening, you may have muscle soreness afterwards, mm -hmm. but it shouldn't, I was like, you have to start to kind of feel what the difference is between muscle soreness, stretching pain, and what pain pain is. Because, yeah, as I said, it's, you know, when I, when I work with people, I'm like, it's okay if you say, I'm feeling a little bit sore, I'm feeling a little, you know, a little bit of a stretch that's, you know, manageable and crossing the threshold into I'm in pain and I can't do anything for the rest of the day after mm -hmm. this exercise. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, it, and it's a hard thing to find. And for a lot of yes. people, sometimes they find the right amount the hard way. <laughs> sometimes yeah. you do have a little bit of a flare up, but the important thing to know is that it's a flare up, not a gone backwards, never going to go forward again. Um, and getting those strategies because we're all going to have, again, like you talked, we're going to have stresses in our lives. Our, no one's going to have the perfect life that, you know, goes smoothly. You're going to have these times where things come up and you're in your pain. Even if you have it really well managed, the pain could start to creep back. You just want to know that you have this toolbox of things like meditation, like exercise, like sleep, that you can start to help manage it, you know, get it back down again. Yep, absolutely. I think that gives that feeling of control, like you had mentioned mm -hmm. earlier too. It can feel like you're just completely out of control when you are having pain and that's layered on top of all the other symptoms you may be having with Parkinson's. And it just feels like you can't do anything and your body is in charge of what's going on. Right. And, and realizing that you can find some ways to be in control can, can be really helpful. Yeah. So what are some things that you like to work on with people to help them really effectively manage pain and particularly like this persistent, more chronic type pain? Education is definitely the biggest piece. Um, I think people are sometimes surprised that, you know, they expect in physical therapy to just be like up and moving around from the mm -hmm. start. And while, yes, I get people up and moving in some way, shape or form in their first sessions, I use a lot of the time, let's sit and talk. Let's talk about what is causing your pain. Um, mm -hmm. you know, I've talked a little bit about the sensitive nervous system. There's obviously um, a lot more behind kind of what's going on there in our bodies and in our nervous systems that can be explained in, in ways for patients to kind of get that understanding around how does stress cause, you know, how does stress impact our pain? Mm -hmm. It's one thing to know stress impacts our pain, but but how, why is that happening? And there's just so much evidence that understanding all of that can improve our pain experience. Mm -hmm. I think, again, it comes back to control. When you understand it, yep. you have this, not fixing it, but just understanding it gives you a measure of control. Yep, the anxiety of not knowing what's happening to us can just be so overwhelming and yeah. just not feeling like we can do anything about it. And um, I talked about this earlier too, where people, with Parkinson's disease may feel like it's just another thing. Like, I can't believe I have this other thing on top of it. And mm -hmm. getting that education that includes also how Parkinson's disease ties in with their persistent pain can mm -hmm. be really helpful because then you can have a sense of feeling like, okay, I can do things to change this. And this isn't like another problem. I don't have a list of 60 things wrong with me. I am just having a hard time with this, this, and this. Kind of, again, 
with taking the control of it. Yeah. Um, I feel like taking control, education, and spiraling in a good way. I could just like repeat that over and over <laughs> as like <laughs> my three things around pain. Um, so I like to help people find ways to take an active role in managing their pain. So like you talked about as well, finding what are the things you can do? Can you take a deep breath? You know, can you do a meditation? Can you do a short walk? So maybe it's, you know, maybe it's shoulder pain. It's not always pain that's going to impact your walking. So maybe it's shoulder pain and taking a five minute walk, people don't think that's going to help their shoulder pain, but getting up and moving other parts of your body that aren't the painful area that can actually help us feel better. Doing things you enjoy. Is it baking? Is it talking to a friend? Playing, you know, playing a card game, knitting, things that give you joy. That right there too can also start to help the pain. And then once we start finding those things, then we get that, there it is again, that spiral where we can start to kind of (laughs) pile those things on. Yeah, I feel like I've talked about all of these things in other podcasts too. So it's like, it's nice to see that a lot of the solutions are the same for all these different problems. Because again, as you said, like it doesn't feel like it's piling on when the solutions are all the same. You know what I mean? Because you're not doing this for this problem, this for that problem, that for that problem, because that can make it feel like I'm spending all my day just managing things. Yeah. But when the solutions are all very similar, it's like, okay, if I can take, I know Casey talked about in the, in the last couple of podcasts, like, three minutes of breathing Mm -hmm. and how that just makes a difference. Like we're not talking that you need to meditate for an hour at a yoga studio. Like even just taking those three to five minutes, you know, a couple times a day can really make an impact. Yeah. And I actually, so I just listened to your, cause you did the two with Casey and I just listened to the second one, maybe on Sunday, I think when I was out for a walk Mm -hmm. and I was listening to her talk about that stuff. And I was literally just thinking like, this is so good that she's presenting this information from this way. And we're about to talk about kind of the same or similar treatment things for a different problem. Like Mm -hmm. that is just so important for people to realize like, making changes does not like you don't have to do 50 different things for each each thing you feel right and and I was like listening to that and I was like oh this is so good well no I know I've also used when I when I was seeing my vestibular patients my dizzy patients like it was the same thing like if I got them like I would spend sessions when I'd have you know a nice dark room and some music and we would spend 15 minutes just on some meditation and it made a huge difference so Mm -hmm. it's nice to know again that like a lot of these different problems can have similar solutions. Yeah. Yeah. And I, think I think it just that. shows how the nervous system is all intertwined. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I, I think that too can help again with the, the feeling like you can do something about it. Yes, absolutely. And something realistic, something, yes. it doesn't have to cost a lot of money. Cause I, you know, especially when we're talking medicines and things like that, you end up with this whole cost issue. So yep. meditation doesn't have to cost much it doesn't take a lot of time, you know, and it can make such an impact. Mm -hmm. So if there's someone listening, who's having issues with pain, chronic pain, what is one thing that you hope that they could take out of what we've talked about today to kind of make their daily life a little bit better? In terms of kind of just a message and a thought process, I think knowing that there is hope that working with a provider who's going to look at everything you have going on, 
hear your story and then help you find a path that works for you can help you feel better than you do today. We can't promise somebody that their pain is going to go away. We can't promise somebody that they're going to be able to do absolutely do X, Y, or Z, but we can almost always say you can feel better than you do today by making some simple changes, not necessarily simple to implement. It's right. hard to get new <laughs> habits, but not things that are, like you said, not expensive, not complicated. Um, so there is hope that you can feel better than you do today. Yeah. In terms of a strategy, um, I think kind of making sure to take care of yourself is, is a simple thing that everybody can do, you know, safely. So like you talked about with um, Casey and just talked about again today is like taking that three minutes of breathing, um, looking at maybe a stressor in your life or something that is just like weighing you down. Can you ask for help with it? Mm -hmm. um, those are just like really quick, quick ways to start to make small changes. Yeah. And I think it's important what you said, like about, you know, finding a provider who listens to you. If you're fine, if you find a provider and they are not listening to you, you have the right and, and you can go find someone else, you know, absolutely. Like, and I think it's important to make sure people remember that because sometimes I feel like they think I started with this person, I'm just going to keep going. But if, you know, you can, if you're not getting better, if you're not seeing that improvement, you know, definitely find someone that you feel is listening and, and is, has your best interest at heart. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, it, just because it was a, a person who was like awesome and your sister or your friend or your neighbor or whatever loved that person, it doesn't mean they have to be the right person for you. Mm -hmm. Like I am a competent therapist and I have many patients <laughs> that like working with me, but I also know that not every patient clicks with me. Some people don't like the way that I'm approaching things or just don't feel that, you know, they want something different. They want yep. another approach and that's okay. So it's, it's not offensive to your provider to say, you know, Hey, can we do something else? Or, you know, I'm going to see somebody else. Um, that's yeah. okay to say, I, I think good providers understand that that happens sometimes. I have mm -hmm. had patients who have switched to me because they didn't like the provider that they were with. And I've had patients switch from me to the per that, that same other provider. And so it's like, you know, different patients are gonna prefer one over the other and that's okay. And because we all have different backgrounds and different philosophies and we just approach people differently. And that's, yep. that's okay. But it also, you know, as I said, you need to find the right match for you. Exactly, yep. All right, well, thank you so much, Katie. It was great talking with you. Yeah, you too. And um, for anyone who's looking for anything, I'm gonna put all Katie's information into the show notes so you can find her. And also mine if you need anything from me. All right. All right, thank you. No problem, thank you. Thank you for joining me this week on the Parkinson's Vitality Project podcast. New episodes are released every other Wednesday, so make sure you hit the subscribe button so that you never miss a show. You can also follow me on social media at the links posted in the show notes. Thanks again. The information in this podcast is for entertainment purposes only and shouldn't be used as personalized medical advice.